From the Tulsa world, this is the OU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Eric Bailey and Mason Young. Oklahoma finds a way to beat UCF 31-29 thanks to a stop two-point conversion. Hello, Mason Young, Eric Bailey back again. Uh, wow, Oklahoma survive in advance. Usually we talk about that in March Madness. I guess we can talk about it in college football too because Oklahoma found a way to win, found a way to stay undefeated despite not playing their best football game. I tell you, I think everyone could, took a collective sigh of relief when the, that last play ended on the two-point conversion with UCF. They were trying to tie the game with a minute to go in the game. Right. The thought that the hopes of a college football playoff, the hopes of Dylan Gabriel being a Heisman contender – Everything that OU had worked so hard for after the pain of of going six and seven last season would just end here at the midpoint of the season with a loss to UCF after a six and zero start. Uh, that would have hurt. That would have hurt a lot. And, and for them to to make the stand that they made on UCF's two point play that would have tied the game and forced overtime to end it in regulation to not have the tension of overtime. Uh, yeah, very good. You know, that's exactly what you want to see. Obviously, coming off a bye, they were a little bit flat and they left a lot of room for improvement, but uh, they got it done at the end of the day. One and oh is one and oh, so uh, you got you got to be happy with that. I will say this, Mason the final two point conversion, a double pass. Uh, that was kind of an interesting call. I, I knew with Gus Malzahn, it was going to be some kind of trick play, though. That was kind of his that's kind of his MO coming in. We saw that. During the game, you wondered what he was going to do. I just don't know if it was the right play call. It was I had a chance to go to his press conference afterwards, and he said that that's something that they've installed in, in fall camp. They've ran that play 20, 30 times, he said, and uh, typically they've had success with it or he wouldn't have called it. He said he had another two-point play, but they had already used it on third and goal against Oklahoma, so he couldn't go to that one. So I just thought it was interesting the way that – they called that in the play, but, you know, credit to Oklahoma. They played discipline. Kendall Doby with a great, great tackle, a great, uh, I guess, uh, would it be a sack or tackle for loss? I don't know exactly what the what it would have been, but there's great coverage on the back end. Just great defense, real discipline uh, to save the day. Yeah, to your point of was that the right play call, it just felt really weird, right? You only gave yourself one chance. When you motion, you put two wide, you have seven blocking, you motion one guy into the backfield, and then he's the guy that's going to end up throwing the ball. You only give yourself one chance, one receiver, and OU had like three guys on that side of the field defensively. Billy Bowman had that guy covered, and Woody Washington was kind of in between. He was defending the goal line, but you know also could have provided help on that. Um, it just it just was it was kind of peculiar, and uh, you know fortunately OU had uh, had prepared a lot. Brent Venables talked about watching a lot of uh, trick play film. Uh, I think you referenced Sun Tzu, you know, earlier <laughs> earlier this week. And again, about um, deception on the battlefield, talked about in the Art of War book. And uh, yeah, it, it seemed like they were, they were well prepared. All the players that were involved, Dolby especially talked about knowing the DNA that, that uh, as you said, that it definitely it was going to be something goofy. It was going to be a trick play. And, uh, they just they stayed disciplined and made the play. It was a strange game for the defense, the way they started. And Brent mentioned this, too. You know, the first four drives by UCF went three and out. And Oklahoma looked like world beaters. They looked like they were going to be the typical defensive uh, 
stout defensive team that they've been all season. Then they gave up five series in a row where they gave up points. It, it was really kind of a crazy game uh, that, you know, it frustrated Oklahoma fans. And meanwhile, while the defense was having its issues, the offense just couldn't get on track, especially with the run game. And the Sooners were without Towie Walker uh, in-house suspension. I think those were the words Brent Venable said. He will be back next week for Kansas. Uh, and already with that Javante Barnes out, they only, and not a 100% Marcus Major, the only healthy back they had was Gavin Salchuk, and they struggled to begin this game. Yeah, it, it just – the the situation they were in with being relegated to using, you know, as you said, a half healthy Marcus major and, and Gavin Sawchuck who hadn't been super effective to this point this season, you wondered how they were going to make it work. And the first quarter was really ugly. I think they only had 1.9 yards per carry. They were fortunate that uh, UCF wasn't running the ball either. Number three rushing offense in the country coming into the game. And yet, uh, OU's defense held them to like 1.1 yards per carry. So fortunately, UCF wasn't having any success on the ground either. But yeah, I mean, OU really just did not have any traction whatsoever. I think also we saw in this game, uh, I feel like maybe we underestimated a little bit how much this team is going to miss Andrell Anthony on offense. I mean, he they they really didn't get, other than the two touchdowns, Nick Anderson, 29, and I think 46 uh, were the yardages on those. They really, the passing game really just did not get vertical enough as much as they did uh, in the games uh, before Anthony went down with a season-ending injury against Texas. So that's going to be something to monitor moving forward. But, you know, it was good to finally see them break through in the rushing game. Uh, you know, the the two fourth-quarter touchdown drives that they had, the first game, the first one, uh, Sawchuck had gains of 7-8-8. Eight, and eight. And Major ran for 13 on that. They actually ran the heck out of the ball on that drive and went and scored with, with Gabriel finding Drake Stoops from 11 yards out. And then on on, on their second touchdown drive, uh, you know, maybe not as much success play-to-play, uh, -play, but Sawchuck got away for a 30-yard touchdown. And it was almost kind of a weird moment of being in between. of Like, he wasn't sure whether or not he should score or they should try to kill more clock left UCF like three minutes. Uh, I, I think he said something, the touch, the sideline told him to go ahead and score so that OU could have the lead. And, you know, I think that was the right call to take the points there. But uh, yeah, at least, at least they started to open some things up on the ground. Uh, you I think the thing you have to think about too, is the fact that, you know, you had Caden Green making his first start at left guard. He's obviously played some, but not a lot this season. Caleb Schaefer uh, starting at right guard for the injured McCabe Matoyer. And Schaefer hadn't played a lot other than on special teams. And he's also, it's also his first start of the season. So, uh, you know, if this is the offensive line that they carry into next week against Kansas, you know, maybe they figured some things out. Um, they, they figured out, you know, how to block that up, how to get that going uh, like they wanted to in the fourth quarter. And then you get Tommy Walker back and maybe that helps as well with him seemingly being your most effective back this season. Jeff Lubby talked after the game, too. Uh, he was asked about Jalil Farouk and Drake Stoops because there was a couple packages where Farouk and Stoops were in the backfield at different times and uh, actually looked like running backs. And that's, I mean, and uh, Levy basically said he's just looking for any kind of answer just to add something to this run game. And, you know, Farouk looks really good with the ball in his hands. I think that was something maybe we can see a little bit more of as we move on, depending on the health of Marcus Major. Uh, I think just Levy is just looking for something that can, you know, something that can happen out there 
there at that run game. Uh, you mentioned the offensive line. We had a chance to talk to Andrew Rame in the postgame. Andrew talked about, you know, he's not going to point the finger at the running backs. He's going to point the finger at the offensive line and say it's their job to, to push things, make things happen. And uh, Andrew talked about how they need to be a little bit more physical. Now, one thing Gus Malzahn said, I had, like, again, had a chance to go to his press conference. Gus mentioned that uh, the offensive line or their their team, their whole team, basically, was worn out in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, it's funny. We talk about competitive depth and how Brent Venables used to talk about wearing down in the fourth quarter games last year. I think that happened a little bit to UCF today. I think they got wore down, and Oklahoma was able to run the football a lot. I think they had 92 yards in the fourth quarter between the running backs, and uh, I think that was huge. And uh, and uh, Gus Malzahn did not want to use this as an excuse. He made sure to preface his statement, this is not an excuse, but I guess see, they had 13 players before the game on IVs. They've had a flu bug going around their, their team, too, so uh, they were a little bit weaker in that way, too, but – Oklahoma found a way to run the football. Uh, we talked about this too, Mason, and and Brent mentioned it. You know, you find a way to win. Championship teams, nothing's going to be rosy. You're not going to go undefeated. You're not going to win championships by just dominating every game. You have to find ways to win. You know, I think back. You know, those two point conversions against OSU and Bedlam, where they had to stop two point conversions. They had to do that against Iowa State a few years ago. I think Stephen Parker uh, blocking against TCU in 2015 really kept their their uh, college football playoff season alive with a two point conversion stopping one. So I think this is one of those games where. That play, we may be talking about that at the end of the season if the season goes like Oklahoma wants it to go. Right, absolutely. And you kind of look at this. I mean, obviously there's some disappointment in this, and you kind of wonder how uh, they might be affected in the polls after this game based on, you know, you you played a, a far inferior team that's on now a four-game losing streak kind of close. But I'm looking up at a TV right now, and Duke has an early 10-0 lead on Florida State. I mean, yeah, some sometimes things just kind of – uh, we've seen this in past seasons. Things just kind of tend to make a way for OU when they, when they, when they just, as you said, when they just find ways to win, things tend to open up around them to continue to help them, uh, you know, be in the playoff picture. And so, you know, maybe, maybe we're seeing something. We're going to see something very much like that uh, continue to progress, uh, even in games that are going on right now. And even Texas, uh, Texas had to really weather a strong storm by Houston, had to, you know, stop them inside the 30 uh, game tying drive attempt by Houston. I mean, Texas was in the same boat. They they were heavy favorites to beat Houston and uh, had a struggle all the way to the end, you know, the final drive, just like Oklahoma did. So it's it's really interesting to see how this all plays out there. You know, there's good football everywhere. And you never know on any given week what's going to happen. And speaking of that, next week, Oklahoma goes up to Kansas. And uh, this is going to be a tough game for the, the Sooners, too. Brent Venables mentioned it. He talks about how, you know, this is a team that uses trickery on their end, too. Uh, and they're going to make uh, make this OU team really be disciplined on defense. Oklahoma's not going to know which quarterback that they're going to face. And this is going to be the first true road game that they've had since Cincinnati, which is, uh, you know, a month earlier because, you know, Texas, you had 50-50. They've been home. So now they go to Kansas, which uh, it's going to be an interesting game, another 11 a.m. game. Uh, there's a lot to learn from this game. And I think, if anything, this game is going to really refocus this team uh, to, you know, how important it is to play four quarters of football. Yeah, you know, this is a game moving forward against Kansas where you can't afford to come out flat. Kansas will make you pay, whereas UCF maybe didn't quite have the same caliber of talent to, and, and depth to make you pay. Kansas absolutely destroyed UCF last week, and, and 
they're a good enough team that they will make Oklahoma pay if if Oklahoma doesn't doesn't come out with some urgency in Lawrence next weekend. We saw that almost happen the last time we played in Lawrence, 2021, Lincoln Riley's last season as head coach. They were down 10-0 at halftime in, in really a pretty zany game. And uh, that that was a, a team that at that point, uh, you know, had college football playoff expectations, but uh, almost, you know, wished, wished them away against Kansas. And, and for this team, you cannot allow that to happen. Uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna need to come out with some urgency. Not just the defense playing well in the first quarter, but the offense get the ground game going, score some points, amass an early lead, uh, and then clamp down clamp down from there. I think it's gonna be be very important for OU to play with some urgency next week. Just some house cleaning from today's game. Dylan Gabriel, 25 of 38 for 253, three touchdowns. Did have the one interception uh, deflection off Drake Stoops' hands. Um, Drake Stoops, uh, or uh, sorry, Nick Anderson, five catches for 105 yards, two more touchdowns. Mason, eight catches, 16 or 16 catches this season, eight for touchdowns. That's an incredible stat. Marcus Major did end up with 82 rushing yards. G- Gavin Solchek, 63. Danny Stutzman, just another day at the office. A dozen tackles, one tackle for loss. Uh, he just makes playing defense look easy. Yeah, really, really does. And the, the thing I'm watching for – and I mentioned this earlier when we did our uh, post-game wrap video on the field, but Danny Stutzman's played a lot of snaps this season. And there was a point in that second half where they pretty much just took him out and put Kip Lewis in because Danny was legitimately just gassed. He was tired. So moving forward, I don't know that Kansas is necessarily the opponent that you do it against, and I'm skeptical of Oklahoma State as well. But somewhere in this second half, you've got to find a, a point in time where – you can rest a Danny Stutzman, a Woody Washington, a Jaron Kanick, some of these players on your defense that are playing a ton of snaps every game. Uh, you've got to find a way to to use your competitive depth uh, that they that you say you have to your advantage in that way to give those guys some plays off uh, to keep them fresh for you know whether it's uh, keeping them fresh one game for the next. You feel like you're going to need them more, or it's you know keeping them fresh in a sense of you feel pretty good. You're going to make the playoff and, and, you know, want them to, to not have, you know, so much mileage on them going into the postseason. That's going to be really, really important. And I'm going to, I'm going to be ser- curious to see how they go about it. Uh, because then if you don't, I mean, you, you can already tell there's some plays where even as you said, Danny Stetsman, another day at the office, there's, there's some times where uh, he's, he's looking a little, a little bit, you know, it's higher just because of, of how much they're demanding of him. Uh, and so, you know, hopefully they continue to regulate that going forward. You honestly kind of looking at this game today, you kind of hope that they would have been able to do that with how not good this UCF team was supposed to be, but you played them close. And, and so because you let them play you close, now you have to figure out another game, another situation where you're gonna you're gonna make that up on the back end to to get some of your guys some rest. All right. Well, that'll do it from Norman. Sooners win 31-29 over the Knights. 
improved to seven and oh, four and oh in conference play. Uh, we'll see what happens in the polls. Uh, see if they move up number six in both polls. And of course, we're coming up on the college football playoff. Uh, Halloween is the first to release of those. So a week from Tuesday, Oklahoma beats Kansas this week. Uh, really interested to see where they'll be there as well. So, uh, keep up with this. Uh, we'll have a weekly, our weekly, uh, uh, breakdown of the the uh, press conferences. We usually do a podcast on Wednesdays, and it comes out on Thursdays or Tuesdays, and it comes out on Wednesdays. Excuse me. And we'll have a post. Our next post game podcast will be after the KU game in Lawrence next week, eleven a.m. Uh, Oklahoma versus Kansas. So, thanks for listening. Podcast to our podcast, uh, Google, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get whatever platform you use, and continue to read our work on TulsaWorld.com.